Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Network Show. I'm Alex. I'm Noobs. This could be any number of things at this point. It is a beautiful Friday. Happy Friday to all here. Um, spread, how are things going by you? It looks like it's sunny. You got no cats bothering you today. Uh, how's life? <laughs> Yeah, it's going great, dude. It's beautiful out here, and I'm excited for our guest today because uh, this man, Big T, just runs the spreadsheet at RunPure. I mean, he fills up. I mean, I'm worried the Google servers are going to crash at some point when he starts posting plays, but he's got takes for days, so this is going to be a real exciting show. That's right, folks. You can see our guest, Tony Niehaus from RunPure Sports. He's a big DFS guy, amongst other things. Tony, say hi to the people. Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? What's going on? Yeah, I'm excited because I haven't looked a ton at the NBA like everyone. I feel like it just ended. I mean, it feels like a month ago or something that it ended. Me and Spread were watching the playoff games and then now we're back already, which which is nice. So super excited. But yeah, like you said, DFS guy, gambler, just it's what I've done my whole life. So I'm excited with what we got going on right now at Run Pure with the bet side, the DFS side, and excited to, to branch out into stuff like this with you guys. Awesome. Well, today we're going to continue our division series preview. Four down, two to go. Today we'll be talking about the Northwest Division. Again, just a few days, folks. I think just four days until we have NBA basketball. But let's jump in. We'll start with the Nuggets of Denver. I believe this is Tony's favorite team. So, Tony, what do you think? I mean, how are you feeling about the squad as you start to look at what happened? Um, not too much really coming in from a talent perspective. Jermichael Green basically replaces Mason Pumley as the backup center. Out is Jeremy Grant, Torrey Craig, Malik Beasley. So you, you lose a couple bench guys. But overall, it seems like it's pretty much the same roster this year. How are you feeling about uh, your Nuggets and their chances? Yeah, so I was never a Plumley guy. I really didn't like him and Malone loved him like Malone loved Plumley. so even like getting Hartenstein I feel like he, he's looked pretty good in the preseason I feel like he's a better younger version of Plumley, so I like that Jermichael Green can easily come in and yeah he's not as good as Jeremy Grant I mean Jeremy Grant was fine but for the money I mean Jeremy Grant was overpaid I don't know if you guys have done that division yet, but that was a terrible contract. The Plumlee contract was terrible. So they did us a favor, honestly, getting rid of of both of those guys. Uh, Michael Green's fine, a veteran-type guy that is good. Will Barton was injured in the bubble. He's been whining about coming off the bench, so I'm a little nervous about that. But he's talented. If he can buy into his role, he can score. And then Campazzo is like – I think he's like 29 years old, but – veteran pro type player that I like. So I'm super high. I think the Nuggets are like a total lock to win the division. It's only minus 120 most places right now. So, I mean, you got MPJ going in the starting lineup. I just don't see how they don't win this division. I'm interested to hear more what you guys think about them because this team's loaded to me. I think they're a sneaky title contender. If it's sneaky, I think they're they're, they're, they're a sneaky little title, title contender. Yeah, you have to love the roster. Again, the starting five looks like it's going to be Jamal Murray, Harris, MPJ, Millsap, and Jokic. Again, maybe Will Barton swaps out with Gary Harris and stuff. But off the bench, Harris, I'm sorry, Monte Morris, Compazzo, Will Barton, Jermichael Green, like you said, Hartenstein. It's a solid team up and down again. You know, I think you guys are going to be great in the regular season. How I'm good is the GM see- with this team? Seriously, though, like tremendous. Has there been a better team in the entire NBA as far as accumulating their own talent without trades, without without having to – it's not a big market as far as NBA, so they've done it all on their own. 
Yeah, I mean, you look at it, I'm trying to think the only real big free agent signing you would think is Paul Millsap. And I can't again remember if that was a trade or a free agent. Oh, yeah. but everything else is draft picks, right? Yeah, every other pick was draft picks. I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. Uh, you love to see that. I think they're really talented. In terms of being a championship contender, I think that all depends on either Jokic, Murray, or Porter taking kind of a big step forward. I think Jokic is right there. I think he's a top 5, 10 player in the league. And I don't know necessarily what what he needs to do to kind of raise his level to get this team ac across the threshold. But I think if one of those two, or even two or three of those guys, kind of take a little step forward and you get better, maybe you get kind of that homegrown kind of top two, top three, you need to be a title contender. What do you think here, Spread? Yeah, what he needs to do is he needs to improve on the defensive end. He's never going to be a plus defender, but he needs to get at least average. I love this team from a regular season perspective. Uh, you know, we, you guys already went over the depth chart. Uh, I think Porter Jr. is in line to make a huge jump here. I think only health can hold him back. Um, Jamal Murray just proved how fantastic he was in the bubble. I expect that to continue. And, um, yeah, a little issue maybe here with this um, Barton because I think that he's such a huge part of this team because where – so what my worries on this team is basically the lack of two-way players here. It seems like for the regular season they'll be fine because – um, Malone can just plug and play whatever he needs. Like if he needs defense, he can put in, you know, like Dozier, Green, you know, Millsap, Harris. If he needs offense, you know, um, you know, run the Porter Jr., uh, Jokic. And so Campazzo will be an interesting uh, addition in that one because defensively, even though he's small, he brings so much intensity. Like you watch him out there and he's just flying around like annoying people. And I'm sure you guys have all played against a guy like that that it just won't stop you know, and just keeps bugging you, you know, uh, the ball handler. So I think that could be huge here. Uh, my main concern would basically be what we saw in the bubble and the reason that they were not able to probably, you know, win the title because they might have beat Miami is the lack of size there and the Lakers' ability to, to out-rebound them. But you look at the rest of the West, and the Lakers are the only team that could really do that to them. I don't think that they have those size issues against any other team. So um, from a regular season perspective, I'm all in on them. They're going to cover a lot of spreads. I think they, they probably go over their regular season win total. And from a playoff perspective, except for the size issue, I think that they are poised to probably be the number two or number three team in the West, depending on how much you take away from that Clippers situation uh, being a bubble factor or if they really just are the better team. And I think there's a good possibility that they just are the better team. So before we jump into some of the betting stuff, the only other question I have for you guys, you know, a lot of people are talking about Barton and how happy he's going to be. I wonder how Porter Jr. and Murray are going to do having to split the ball a little bit more. I know that Porter Jr. is going to be a starter. He's going to play more this year. I think he's going to look for, you know, a dozen to 15 shots a night, something in that range. And those shots are going to have to come from somebody. I know that Jokic is going to won't mind maybe giving up a couple, but Murray probably has to give up a couple shots a night. So I'm curious to see how that works and how Malone is able to balance that out. But a ton of talent, you know, as as we look into some of the betting markets, um, we'll start with the regular season win total for the Nuggets. You know, coming off of last year, a 63% win total. Um, jumps up to 66, though, if you take out the bubble. So had a little rough end there at the bubble. Their Pythag, though, was a little bit lower. It gets down to about 56.5%. So must had, must had a good record in some close games. Either way, the regular season win market has them right around 61, 62% win percentage, 43.5 wins, if you will. Um, Looks like a pretty solid number to me overall. I think that they will be a good team. I sort of lean towards the over here. Um, spread, I think you said you like this number. You're going over on the wins? Yeah, I like. I mean, this team is perfect for the regular season because they have depth. They can 
absorb injuries better than a lot of the other teams that we've already previewed so far. And like I said, I think that one of the biggest leaps that we will see in a player is going to be Michael Porter Jr. this year. And if that turns out to be true, I mean, that's quite a big three there. I'm not as worried about the shots um, between these big three um, just because I think they work so well together. You have Jokic who, you know, can get down low or operate in the high post. He loves passing to a cutting big man. So that him and Porter are going to work perfectly. And then also uh, with Murray basically working on the perimeter so much and and driving, I think they can get out of his way. And they can also use Murray to bail them out at the end of the shot clock if if things aren't working well. So I think with the big three, that's not going to be an issue. It's going to be getting these other guys in. And Barton is the main one. And and to be fair, if I didn't hear the reports coming out of camp, I don't know if I'd be worried about it. But you always have to be concerned, you know, because these NBA players, you know, the players run the league. You know, if a guy's not happy, that can torpedo a whole team's chemistry. Yeah. What do you think of the win total, Tony? So first of all, like I haven't dug into this like you guys have. So this year, because of the COVID stuff, I'm guessing it's win percentage instead of win games. Depends where you look. Some places have percentage. Some places have totals. I'm preferential to percentage. I think it's just a safer yeah. bet. And there's going to be less goofiness at the end of the year. If you are betting, win you don't totals, have to worry about it, right? Because then it's right. Exactly. Hard. If you're yeah. betting win totals and you're doing it in a reputable book, you know, a place like bet online that was really good at the end of the year with stuff like that is probably okay. So just be careful. But yeah, it kind of goes both ways. Um, again, the percentage I was seeing, um, a lot of Canby books have percentages. That was the big place that I was. I like it. I like that twist. It, it it makes sense these days because you you never know what's going to happen in the in this season. It, tons of stuff could happen. So I like it. I, I I like the over. I mean, I don't. I'm super high on them. So one thing just to add about the, the Porter Jr. I am my biggest worry for them is Jokic hates MPJ. Like literally hates him, and that worries me because it's two of their three better players. I didn't know that. Like, watch it the next time MPJ takes a bad shot. Just watch Jokic's reaction, and you'll realize it quick. Like, you'll be like, this dude hates him. I was just talking to my buddy coming home from lunch who's a, a beat writer for the for the Nuggets, and we were he thinks they're just going to roll in the regular season. Just basically exactly what you guys said, just dominate the regular season. Playoffs, it gets a little, little dicey just because of the defense and the matchups. I do think they match up good with a lot of the teams, but Lakers, the Lakers give them nightmare problems because of the size. We saw it last year. It's just a brutal matchup, but you never know. Maybe someone else knocks the Lakers off or something and, and clears, the, clears the deck for them. So regular season, I'm clearly on the over. I think they're going to roll. I think Jokic is going to have by far his best season ever, and he's just a monster. He's look, I know it's just preseason, but – Coming off the bubble, coming off some of those games last year, honestly, he was incredible. I just think he's going to take the next leap, and he's just – I mean, he's going to be, I don't know, 25, 14, and 8, something like that. So I think he's going to crush. So what do you think about his odds to win the MVP? I'm seeing 22 to 1, which means he's probably a 25 somewhere. 22 to 1, seriously? Oh, yeah. Sign me up for that for sure. Like, he's he's got a chance. I mean – I guess you so who's who's the favorites? Tell me who the favorites are. Obviously, Giannis. look at Doncic's the favorite, four to one, pretty close to Giannis. Depending on where you look, they're basically the top two of the market. Doncic was like six to one to open. He's been bet down pretty well. Then it's Curry, eight to one, Davis nine to one, LeBron nine to one, Durant twelve to one, Lillard's Lillard's down to sixteen to one. He was like twenty-five to one. So he's taking some action. Tatum, 
I'm seeing 16 on Tatum, but I saw something in the 20s the other day. Again, I'm just looking at one book. If you shop these things around, again, hard to 20. So you know, a lot of the names you're used to seeing. In that particular market, I did grab some Dame 25. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And I have some Donch at 6 to 1. But, yeah, 22 to 1, I'll keep looking around. That might be a, a nice little ad. I like that. I mean, as Spread knows, as we've got to know each other better over the last – I like taking some stabs with some stuff. I would much rather bet Jokic at 22 than these guys that probably will win. I mean, Luka will probably win or, or Giannis or these guys. But, I mean, your, your odds are just so much better with – I don't think the chances of him winning it reflect the odds, put it that way. Like, he's not six times or whatever it is less likely than these guys. If, if he goes and averages 25, 14, and 8 or something like I think, and they somehow get the one or two seed, he's definitely going to have a chance to, to win it. So I love those odds. Yeah, I like that. We'll sprinkle that a little bit. Like you mentioned, the division bet. Um, it's something I think I'm actually already on. They're minus 121 to win the division. I'm paying free money. Like, unless they get someone injured, like that feels real easy. I think you'd have to lose Jokic for a long period of time, honestly. Anybody else who gets injured, you even saw it last year, they have enough guys that can sort of plug and play. In a way, if Porter or Murray get injured, that makes offensively things a little more clear. Jokic would be the guy, and it would have to be a long time, I think. I think they could survive maybe even 10, 15 games of him out and still yeah. be okay here. What do you think, Spread? you like that number two? Yeah. Yeah, I, you guys have sold me. I'm jumping in. I mean, you just hit it perfectly. He's not six times less likely. Um, than the top guys. And there were some guys you mentioned there, you know, in the 10s and 15s. Like, I'd much rather have a Jokic ticket than a Lillard ticket at this point. Yeah. Because he's going to fill the stat sheet up. You know, where Lillard is not winning MVP. Like, and he, no. They're, they're more likely to be the number one seed, you know. I, I can't see Portland being the number one seed, barring a huge CJ McCollum trade, you know, that nets someone like Ben Simmons or something. So, um, yeah, I, I actually like that look. I'm, I'm placing that right now. So, I'm going to be shopping around. All right, a lot, a lot of nuggets love there. We like the over on the win total. We like them to win their division. Tech around, let's find a little Jokic at 20 to 1 or better is probably fine. Again, I'm looking at 22 right now. There's probably a 25 out there somewhere. Um, any other thoughts here on the uh, Denver Nuggets podcast? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I still don't get how they're 20 to 1 to win the title because the only team I'm worried about is the Lakers. So, like I said, I don't think they can beat the Lakers. But if someone else knocks them off, 20 to 1 is going to be a gift. Yeah. I, I wonder how they do against Milwaukee and even a team like Miami. Milwaukee. I think it would be really tough for them. A 20 to 1 is it's interesting. I think you're right. It's again, so you start to look at it like the Celtics are 15 to 1. They shouldn't be more likely to win the title than the Nuggets. Even the Sixers, like it looks like they're about the same odds as the Sixers there. I don't, as it makes sense. Maybe a little sprinkle there as well. All right, with a lot of nuggets love. I think that just about wraps up Denver here. Let's jump into a little more sad situation, the thunder of Oklahoma City. And uh, on my preview that I wrote for Ace NBA previews, we've been doing the uh, player changes. And the way I kind of lined it up here was um, out, everyone except Shea Gilders-Alexander, Lou Dort, Darius Baisley, and Hamadi Dualu in a bunch of draft picks, George Hill, Al Horford, Justin Jackson, Trevor Ariza, uh, just a mess of a roster at this point. Obviously, Sam Presti was out there selling everything that wasn't tied down. Their starting lineup day one, it looks like it is going to be SGA, Diallo, Dort, Baisley, and Horford with George Hill, Theo uh, Melodon, Justin Jackson, Trevor Ariza, and Mike Mascala uh, coming off the bench. Um, Spread, what do you think of that? So it's my time to champion an absolutely terrible team, and that's what I'm about to do here. 
I don't think the starting five is that bad. I think we see the Al Horford resurgence year um, due to the fact that it's going to be a such, such a better situation for him. He's finally going to have space to operate. And for whatever reason, that just didn't work last year. Um, but the amount that his stock dropped just because of one bad season and one bad fit, that which is crazy because everyone saw it coming like the day he put the – the pen to paper to sign that contract, right? So I don't think Horford's as bad as last season indicated. Um, you know, you talked about it a bit when we were talking before and, and well made the point. This is a pretty good defensive team. I mean, Dort completely shut down Harden. Well, that was one of the most fun things in the bubble um, was the Harden stopper Dort. Um, Baisley, I think, will make an improvement. He's a young player who has plenty of potential. And uh, I'm not anti-Diallo. So I'm going to be taking this team a lot, not to win, but to cover the spread, I think they're going to keep games close. And I think the main problem on this team is is the uh, is the bench. So I think there will be live betting opportunities because I think this team is going to fall behind a lot when they go away from their starting five. I think we'll be grabbing like plus 18s, plus 22s live in the game, and I think that they'll be covering it with ease uh, when these starters finish the game. Now, from a regular season win total perspective, even though like I think they're better than people are giving them credit for, I expect half these guys to be gone by the midseason, at which point they are going to be absolutely terrible, like G League level with SGA and like four G Leaguers. So it's going to be, I mean, I think Horford's gone. I think Hill's gone. Ariza's probably gone. Um, probably nobody wants Justin Jackson. But with those three gone, I mean, and then you're replacing with G League level players, it's probably going to be pretty bad towards the end of the year. So I'll probably be trying to, you know, do my little spread, uh, grabbing them to, to cover the spread. Um, early in the year, and then there'll be a complete fade after the All-Star break. But I think this is going to be a sneaky team from a gambling perspective. Uh, from a fan's perspective, it's an obvious rebuild. Uh, this is a great year to do it, and they have, like, so many draft picks in the next 10 years. It'll be interesting as these older stars, windows, you know, like the LeBrons, the Dames, um, you know, they start aging out. Even Kawhi Leonard's getting a little older, Paul George. Uh, how If OKC's able to come in and just have, like, some stacked young roster. Yeah, I, I don't share your optimism about the starters. I think that as someone that's been a lot of time watching Al Horford last year, <laughs> I know that it's good to get out of the Brett Brown and that it's usually, you know, you'll probably be a lot happier in that situation. He looked old. He looked old. He looked slow. He had trouble jumping. It's not good. It's not what you, you, want, you don't want to describe your center as having trouble jumping um i'll just kind of leave it at that before i you know i let tony jump in you know what do you think of this thunder roster you know like spread said i mean is this just kind of we got some stuff together there'll be a fire sale mid-year we'll pick up some draft picks and roll into the next year or do you see a a competent group of young men that is going to win nba basketball games no i'm definitely not on the thunder i mean the uh, so these guys are young and they're all similar like you got guys that can defend Super athlete, well, besides Horford, who can't jump. But the other four <laughs> the other four are super athletic, young defenders. I mean, Dort was the talk of the bubble for about a week there, where just all kinds of energy guarding Harden in these guys and couldn't make a shot to save his life. And then in the biggest game, he decides he's going to make some shots somehow. So I don't know. Like, Diallo has the most raw game I've ever seen in my life, I think. Like, super athletic just not much skill there like just not much skill at all on offense I do kind of agree with spread though that I think the prices are going to reflect this early in the year where they're going to be getting 12 points to, to somebody on, on a Friday night or something and I think they'll play them tough because they are young they're athletic they're not going to be scared of anybody 
Horford's a nice veteran guy. So I do like taking the points early in the year a bunch with these guys. I like that call. As far as actually winning games, I think the under is going to be very, very easy just because of what spread said too, where at the end of the year, fire sale. I mean, 33.5% looks like the number on DK right now. I, I don't see how it doesn't go under. I'm just going to say it. Like, I don't, I, they're not going to win games. This is one of the things that I think is funny in the win market. Um, when you start to look at the NBA season every year, you know, not that every season is the same, but certain teams have certain win percentages. The worst teams in the league are generally under 30%, and it's anywhere from about three to five teams every single season. This, to me, seems like lock, stock, and barrel, a clear choice for one of this year's under 30% teams. So if you're going to give me, excuse me, under 33%, love it. I'm going to sign up for that. I, I think that's a great number. And one more thing, I think night-to-night -night betting, I think this will be a great under team. Like you said, there's a lot of athletes here. There's a lot of length here. There are young kids are going to play hard. Um, you know, curious to see, again, what SGA can do night-to-night. -night. But I think this team is going to be a lot of unders early on because, man, this is just going to be some ugly basketball. Um, you know, again, the regular season win total, like you said, Tony, 33%. Let me see what the actual wins number for that is. 24 and a half is a number that's floating around there. There's some 23 and a half. I like under all those. Um, I just think this team is just going to be ugly, ugly, ugly. And like you said, if anybody who plays good, if anybody peaks up, I mean, if Diallo shows some sort of um, greatness, he's probably gone. First round pick, anything. I think this is the SGA All Stars for the next year or so. So, we like the under there. Um, yeah, like how is yeah. it not the lowest total on the board? Like I think the Pistons have a worse roster, but they're in the East. I mean, these guys also got to go against the West. Like you know, for a majority of their games. I mean, that's going to kill. I don't know how they're going to beat anybody outside of just stealing some games. I mean, yeah, or them like load managing like half their roster. <laughs> I mean, they just don't have anyone that can score. Even SGA is not a scorer. Like, I agree with Horford, though, how, how Spread said it. Horford is the only guy that can do any sort of scoring. So, <laughs> I, I mean, they don't – like, Diallo, under no circumstances, is he going to be a scorer. Like, in Dort, too. There's no path to them get them scoring. There just isn't. At least Baisley is somewhat talented on offense. So, Baisley – Baisley could end up being the guy, honestly. He was pretty good in the bubble scoring-wise. and they just That's what I was going to say. Seems like Baisley would be the second option. Um, the other two guys, you just need to provide some sort of space. You know, as a DFS guy, what do you think about Baisley as maybe a DFS player early yeah. on? I mean, is, is he a good person to kind of throw into maybe a rotation, you think? Yeah, I like Baisley a ton. And, and the key is, like you guys said, they're, they're going to have usage. Horford, too. Horford, Baisley. And Shea, I mean, Shea's going to be expensive, though, so he's not he's not going to be quite as good, I don't think. But Baisley and Horford, I think, are great plays early in the year. I'm interested to see this team, though. I actually look forward to watching them with these young guys just to see if any of them have taken the next step. Like, Diallo and Dort are young. They, they, who knows? Maybe they did take a step in the short offseason they had to, to get better. Yeah, and Dort's a great defensive player. I mean, if he took the offseason and became even an average three-point shooter, he's going to be a useful piece. Um, you know, So the only market that I was able to attack, if, if you have some optimism here, I grabbed some SGA to be most improved. It was 20 to 1 at the time. It's down to like 15 to 1. Still like it maybe at that 15 number. Um, what do you guys think about that? I mean, if this team has any sort of pulse whatsoever and he's able to put up a decent scoring average, I, I think he might be you know, kind of floating around there. So, again, at the 20-to-1 it got, I, I thought that that was a little more indicative than his chances. Either you have a strong opinion there? 
for most improved is there like some like media story that they're going to be pushing like it's an award so yes i mean like you know like i'm thinking like alex smith even though he's not the comeback player of the year in the nfl like he's gonna get it because it's like such a heartwarming story that you want your like wife and kids to see like is there some (laughs) sort of like player that we should be worried about in this market that is going to get the votes even if he's not the best I think, you know, it's, it's a big wide open market. you got guys like Christian Wood, you know, he could come out and have a great season okay. and be like the savior of the Rockets or something. But like you said, Spray, you got to build the story around it. So the opportunity's there for SGA. He's going to be able to shoot the ball as much as he wants. If he can put up 20 some points a night with a few assists, a few rebounds and this team again, just has a pulse. Like even gets to like a 35% win percentage and is close every night. Then it's the story of, oh, it didn't matter that they traded everybody. They sent all this money out, all these points. There'll be some ESPN graphic like the Thunder traded away 60 points a game and $80 million in salary, <laughs> and it didn't matter. SGA is still here covering spreads and stuff or whatever. So you try to build up narratives like that. I mean, some of the names that are at the top are guys like Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., who I don't see them having the opportunity to you know, either drive the story or drive the stats to win that. They kind of cannibalize each other a little bit. you got guys like Kobe White. You know, that's maybe not a, a bad spot at 16 to 1. Uh, your boy Bagley, what do you think? Marvin Bagley at 25 to 1? I mean, yeah. I mean, it should be over under 25 games played for Bagley. <laughs> Sorry to see you so sad like that, but I'm sorry. I didn't realize that, that I was going to get you like that. You seem pretty upbeat. All right. I think that's that's enough Thunder no, talk at this one point. One more question for you. Uh, you always do this to me in tennis. Can you spell their coach's last name without looking? Uh, no, I don't actually even know who their coach is. I don't know who their coach is either. <laughs> Mark Dajanol. I don't even know how to pronounce it. I've never heard of him. I guess he was the coach of their G League team. Uh, how, I knew it was somebody I didn't know. I mean, does that there you go. are we? Does that affect anything at all? Like, what does this mean? It probably mean. destroys all the optimism we just had. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, right. it's, we'll see. Again, it's an interesting opportunity. Like, if this is your first job, this isn't the worst first job in the entire world. You've got low expectations. There's no pressure. Yeah, young kids, <laughs> you can raise their ceilings. You got some athletes out there, so you could look great if you just get them out there, play in defense, trying hard every night. You win a couple of games you weren't supposed to win. You hold it together. You look like a hero. So it's one. It's got to be one of the best pro jobs. You got all the draft picks following down the line too. Like you could fall into a good job here. Literally, all you have to do is get them playing hard. That's it. Yeah. Well, best of luck to you, Mark, and your opportunities. Again, I can't remember (laughs) what you said his last name was. Let's move on to the Wood Dogs and to our Timberwolves of Minnesota. If you're local to Minnesota, that's what they call them, the Wood Dogs. I kind of like that. Um, D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, Malik Beasley, Josh Okogie. Looks like Juan Hernan Gomez is even going to start here. Um, Not really sure what's what's going on here with this roster. They take Anthony Edwards, number one, of course, so I'm sure he'll sneak in, make the trade to bring Ricky Rubio back to town. Um, Some interesting names here. It's not entirely devoid of talent. Um, but I just don't see how it all fits together. I mean, I think we're going to see a ton of points every night. I think that there's a chance that they score 150, 160 points at some point this year, some outrageous number. I don't say that about a couple teams, by the way, as we've done these, but I think we're going to get some really high-scoring games. Um, I'll start with you here, Tony. What do you think of the Timberwolves roster? What do you think kind of their chances are? What, what should their expectation for the year look like? Yeah, I'm super low on these guys, too. One of the reasons I'm so high on Denver is I just don't think this division is is very good at all. So, I mean, D'Lo, I've never been a big D'Lo guy. I just – he's a good street ball guy, just not – 
he just doesn't gel. I mean, him and Towns do love each other, so maybe maybe they get some pretty good chemistry going with a full season under under their belt going forward. But I mean, you got two guys in the starting lineup right now. For, there were Nuggets castoffs, Beasley and, and Hernan Gomez, where I like both of them a lot. But man, not as starting pieces in, in in this thing. I like them coming off the bench in the six, seven, eight man man range instead of the. I mean, on this team, legitimately, they're the the third and fourth best guys almost, unless unless Edwards pans out a little bit. I just don't see it. I agree basically exactly with the take. They're going to score a ton of points. They're going to give up even more points than they score. They're going to lose a lot of games. I don't. I mean, Edwards has to end up in the starting lineup over Okogie or Beasley, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know. They took Jarrett Culver last year, who kind of stunk all year out of Texas Tech. I didn't even really like him at Texas Tech, honestly. He just – He's good on D. I hate these guys that are good defenders that just have no offensive skill whatsoever. They're just not the type of guys I like that much. Rubio, he's fine. I mean, off the off the bench, I guess, but not nothing crazy there. I don't know. I, the the pieces just don't match up for me, like like you said. So I'm not high on them. I'll, I'll take unders here too with this team. Yeah, I think the Russell Towns pick and roll could be devastating. Like, I think that might be like one of those statistical outliers for a team that just gets smoked every night, but they might have like the third most effective play in the league or something. What do you see here, Spread? Anything, uh, anything different from you here or kind of the same song? Yeah, kind of the same. So I had been putting this team off. So I finally woke up this morning and went through, you know, and did all my little prep on subreddits, all the different fan forums, stuff like that. And one thing that surprised me was a lot of national writers that I respect are a lot higher on this team than I expected them to be. And I just don't see it at all. Like, uh, some of them have them going like 500 and making the playoffs. And I'm like, I don't understand how that happens. In I think West. you get sucked into the offense again. Like this team could be just unbelievable on that end of the floor yeah. to the point where like, they just have to be not even average, like just slightly below average on the other end. Like you could still win 140 to 130 every night, but I agree. I don't know. I don't know where you're putting that together. Maybe it's people like Edwards a lot more. Um, again, the people I talk to, like he's fine. He fits in nicely, but, and uh, sorry to cut you off spread, but yeah, I mean, oh, no, I mean anything else? Well, basically, I mean, yeah, I'll just go ahead and parrot it, though, but I just want to get it out because I, I was reading this and I just I couldn't believe some of the stuff. D'Angelo Russell basically had, like, one nice year with, like, a ton of usage at the Nets. And other than that, like, what has he really done, right? And so they paid him a max contract. I think that's going to end up being one of the worst contracts in the league. I'm watching him out there on the Warriors last year, right? And he's got, like, Draymond Green, like, screaming in his face to, <laughs> to give effort on defense, and he's still not doing it, like, I almost respect the stubbornness, but at a certain point, like defense is part of the game. Towns is terrible defensively. Um, and then he's also got the issue. I mean, he had, he had the worst offseason as far as um, being hit with the COVID. Um, seven family deaths, including his mother. He obviously, you know, was not ready. He doesn't look like to be himself. So they're going to get off to a slow start. Edwards, I think, is a great project. But, I mean, he's two to three years away from being like, a real NBA contributor, like the guy's an athlete, but he does he doesn't he's not like necessarily like a basketball player yet, you know. Like, 
Uh, to me, he just doesn't have like that natural basketball instinct. He just seems like he's going to be the best athlete on the floor. Culver actually made some steps there uh, in preseason so far that he looks like he did work on his game in the offseason. But overall, I just don't understand how this team's going to stop anyone. So unless the other team just has like a bad shooting night and then they're able to outscore him, I don't see how they get W's. And then they're in the West, right? If they're in the East, I could buy all this, right? Because they would get to pick on Cleveland, Detroit, Charlotte, you know, maybe Washington or whatever, those, these lower tier teams. But there's no lower tier teams. And with the um, schedule stacked more, so will you play your conference more than you did last year, like percentage wise? I'm just so down on this team. So if I'm to be wrong and, the, and the, some of these national writers are to be right, it's because D'Angelo Russell steps up and proves me wrong. But right now, I think that he's like a 10 million guy in a, in a, in a max contract. And I think that that's just going to stifle their development altogether. So I, I'm, I'm down on this team. I think this is under city and I think that Tony's going to be rostering a lot of their opponents, right? It almost might be oh. like, I might just do it too. I'm not even a DFS guy. I might just jump in and, and just do what the stacks where you just grab whoever's playing Minnesota and just yeah. throw like four of their players in the lineup. Because I think these live totals are going to be, we see some two eighties on the board during the games at some point during the year. Yeah, but I mean, I I'm waiting year. to see it. I'm waiting to see it. 300 during the game. I'll screenshot and send it to you if, if we see it. There is. It's. I've talked about it a bunch. Because I start to look. There are some pretty putrid defensive teams. You get Minnesota, like a Minnesota Atlanta. Yeah. Like, what are the chances that Minnesota Atlanta goes over 300? Yeah, Minnesota it's greater Washington. than zero. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, what total would you even hang there? 260. It's probably going to be like 249 pregame. Right, and, and even then, like I'm over. just going to be looking for overs. Like yeah. I don't know what you do. I mean, that team, Cleveland, I think is going to be rough. Detroit, I don't see how they stop anybody. Um, just going to be a mess. Now, the numbers for the Timberwolves for the regular season win percentage total. Again, the market kind of agrees spread with what you're seeing in the writing: forty-one and a half percent win percentage or twenty-nine and a half total wins. Um, that puts them about eleventh, tenth, or so in the West. Seems too high to me. Again, both of you guys said you're on the under there. Now that you've heard the number, are we shying away? Or are we betting yeah, even more? It's like more? five games off. It should be like 25. Like, this is one of the biggest discrepancies I've seen when I did all my win totals. Like, I just don't get this at all. Like, what these people are seeing that I'm not, you know? And sometimes it happens. Like, maybe I'm missing something. Like, I'm never high on the Jazz, and they always outperform my expectations. So maybe this is going to be a, another case here. But I, I don't see it, and I'm going to bet against it until they prove me, until they prove me wrong. I mean, I feel like they have depth. Like, they got depth, but they don't have good guys up top. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I, I, like, I am so low on D'Lo. I agree with spread completely. I, he's like a Harden light. Like, where Harden's <laughs> really good. I hate his game, but he's really good. D'Lo's got the same game where he needs the ball the whole game, but he sucks. Like, <laughs> so it's – I don't – I hate these guys that need the ball to be good. Like, just that's why I like Jokic so much. He, he gets everyone involved. D'Lo just God, he needs thirty shots a game. He, I just I hate it. I'm stealing that from you. Great value, Harden is what I'll be referring to D'Angelo <laughs> from now on. I like that. All right, we like the unders there for Minnesota. Poking around, looking to see if there's any other aspects. I, I guess the other upside case would be is maybe you take Edwards and some picks and make a trade, but. Again, I, it's hard to figure out what they're trying to do. They seem to be pretty happy with this roster. Saunders did a nice job last year. And then the other thought did was... Did you think so? I look at I'm their... down on him, too. I almost think that that's like... I don't like him as a coach at all. When I was watching, I didn't see anything last year in terms of in-game adjustments. And maybe I'm just mad because I was losing my bets when I did actually support him <laughs> last year. But I put Saunders like in the bottom five of the league. 
I, I, he's still pretty incomplete for me. I, I don't think that we've seen him enough. I don't necessarily know if I put a lot of stock in what happened in Minnesota either way. I think he did an okay job managing the relationships. I mean, the one thing that does stick out to me, they had a 30% win percentage last year, but their Pythag was actually closer to 37. So you know, maybe a little better than their record pros last year. Maybe that's part of the reason for the inflated you know, total. But I'm with you guys. I like the under 41.5%. That looks pretty solid to me. Any other thoughts on the uh, Timberwolves before we move on? Now let's move on. The Portland Trailblazers, I think one of the teams that has a chance to be arguably the uh, most better than over last year than anybody else. I mean, they're going to have Nurkic, it looks like, for the whole season. Um, I've been looking around for as much information as I could get on Collins. It looks like he's going to miss at least the start, but I think he'll be back at some point being solid. Dame Lillard, McCollum, I think picking up guys like Derek Jones Jr. and Robert Covington are going to help a lot on the defensive end. Um, Rodney Hood will hopefully be healthy. He was a nice piece before he went out. Gary Trent Jr. had about as good as a bubble a bubble as anybody kind of in his position. You look at guys, I mean, bringing in Cantor, you know, Enos Cantor is not somebody that's going to win you a playoff series, but he's going to win you a couple regular season games. I mean, night in, night out, attacking the basket, doing those things. What do you think of the Blazers here, Spread? Um, do you see some optimism here? Yeah, I mean, I'm always uh, too low on the Jazz, and I'm always too high on the Blazers, so I'm going to just continue my streak. Uh, I love the fact that they actually attacked their weaknesses. We we complained about it all year when we were fading them, that they had no forward depth and the inability to stop people forward. You know, I mean, what were they rolling out there towards the end of the year? I think it was like Carmelo Anthony, Mario Hajonia. I mean, I mean, talk about easy to score on, right? Um, so we'll see how Anthony does with a uh, lesser role. Let's see how he affects it. He's not been too good about it in the past, but it is age. We'd hope that he found some maturity. Um, but kind of going back to what we talked about on um, the Sixers podcast, I kind of feel that their two stars shouldn't be built together. You have two smaller point guards who need the ball to score, and or two guards, I guess McCall's not a point guard, but they're both bad defensively, and I think that that's going to be really tough to overcome in the playoffs. So in the regular season, it's fine. You know, people get down. There's not, you know, the full effort for 48 minutes, and, and the scoring can overcome it. But I'm really surprised they've gone with this pairing for so many years uh, and just watched – I would obviously, you're building around Lillard, but just watched McCollum's value drop year and year, like, in the trade market and not gone ahead to, to pair Lillard with a bigger uh, kind of co-star. So I think that will come to roost there in the uh, in the playoffs again so i don't have like high hopes from them from like a championship perspective or a playoff perspective but i think they're going to do great in the regular season and i love the fact that they attack their weaknesses by adding jones and, and covington all right what do you think of the blazers tony so i mean it sounds like i'm down on everyone but man the, the blazers just they feel like they've been on the verge of doing something special the last i mean couple years even last year they got hot at the end going into the bubble Look good. I mean, but I don't know. Like, Derek Jones Jr., I've never been that big on. He's moving into the starting lineup. Covington, Bobby Covington, he's always been known as, like, a great 3 and D type guy where he just is known as that. I don't know, though. I just don't like him. And I wish they would trade McCollum, like Spread said, and get a good wing that you could even trade McCollum and Jones or Covington. Get some sort of wing. I don't even know who it would be without, like, really thinking about it. But just break that up because your two best guys are guards that are basically the same guy. Sure, Dame's better, but their skills are the same, and I, it just doesn't fit. And, I mean, their win, I mean, looking at, like, 55% or something, I don't know. I have a hard time going over that. I don't – it's the West. There's a lot of good teams. 
I don't, I don't know. I, it sounds like I'm down on them, but I just I don't I don't think they can win more than that. And Mello, like I don't like him anymore. He was he was better than I thought he would be last year. Skinny Mello now, and I mean Canner, he's fine, but I don't know. I, I I'm definitely lower probably than you guys are going to be on this team. Yeah, this is this is a team for me that has kind of a really wide range of outcomes. I think their ceiling is actually pretty high because when I look at this roster, it's 10 deep, and I think there's a lot of flexibility here. I think having, especially if Collins comes back and he's healthy, you could have some really scary small ball lineups where it's like Collins, Covington, Jones Jr., McCollum, Lillard. You could even just go Collins. You could even just go Covington really at center against some of these teams at this point. Um, you know, put Carmelo on the floor, put Rodney Hood on the floor, put Gary Trent on the floor, and it's just you've got all this shooting, all this this offensive talent on the floor. I think it could be really difficult. This this is a team that I bet a little bit early in the offseason. They were plus five hundred to win the division. Um, that's all the way down to I think like two fifty or something. So I, I think I, the number where it is right now makes sense to me, but. Um, and then, you know, you were talking a little bit about Lillard and I've got my MVP vet at 25 to one. Again, it's a ceiling bet for me. I think this team, if, if they put it all together, if everybody can play well, they're competing for, you know, a top three, four seed in the West. Again, he's going to be hitting all sorts of crazy shots, putting up numbers. You're going to hear all this stuff about how they finally got him the defensive help that he needed. Nurkic and Collins are healthy. You know, Portland's finally able to put it together. You'll be hearing people talk about Terry Stotts and, and all that different stuff. So I think the upside here with, with Portland is what I like. I mean, when you, in terms of the regular season win total, like you said, it's it's hard for me to, to pin down kind of what the average scenario is here. Because, again, I think they could be really good. But if it doesn't fit, like you said, you're just rolling back basically what you had last year. Everyone's a year older. Um it could kind of fall apart. You know, the win total here, I'm seeing 55 and a half percent, 56 and a half percent, right around 40 and a half wins. Um, you know, Tony, it sounds like you're leaning under there. What do you think, Spread? I kind of feel like they've hit their upside too, not, not to cut you off, but I feel like they've kind of got lucky the last, not lucky. Like they, they should have never beat Denver a couple years ago in that game. So yeah. they kind of just, Denver was young. They kind of just fell into it. And last year, they I know they didn't go super deep, but they still kind of felt like they got a little lucky. Uh, they, they might be due for almost like that Super Bowl hangover where the, the team that loses the Super Bowl comes back the next year and just, I don't know. I, I'm interested to hear Spreads thoughts because he's high on them. I am, but at the same time, I'm not touching this number because it seems right. Like, this seems to be the best that the bookmakers did the best job in this division on the number. I think that it's absolutely right, and it's going to come down to basically the variance of how many games does does Lillard go nuclear and just will his team to victory. And I think that's kind of hard to predict. I mean, he's getting older. He's been carrying this team for a while. And once guards get past their 30s, I mean, he's got like a two-year window left, especially at his size and stuff. I mean, they have to go for it now. Uh, trading the first-round picks proves that they they believe that. So I think this number is correct. I think there's too much variance to, to really make a smart bet either way. My heart says over, but there's just too many, like, practical possibilities. Like, first of all, Lillard... I mean, like, I mean, I hate to say stuff, but we've talked about this before. I mean, if he gets COVID and you miss the 12 days, it's under, right? So that's already. Is that like what it is this year? Yeah, is I don't know if I agree with that. You think that they could carry, uh, the team could carry him with him out? I think with some of the signings they made, again, in the depth, and like as much as McCollum and Lillard are kind of annoying to have together, when one of them's out, the other one can kind of fill in okay. and things get a little bit easier. I like Anthony Simons. I think he's a nice player. I'm curious to see what he, he, he can do he, if he got really any better. He really struggled last year. As good as Gary Trent Jr. was, that's how bad Simons was. 
Yeah. I think, again, having Hood back, like, it's not somebody you think of as, like, a great player, but he's a solid, like, meat and potatoes, like, shooting guard to have in there every night. He's going to be, yeah. you know, above average on both ends of the floor as long as, you know, his body can, can keep it together. You guys um, definitely like Portland way more than me. I, I yeah. can tell you guys like them. Um, one just, thing I, I also say about this team, and I think that you guys might agree with me here, so let's say we were ranking coaches and we were saying, like, something like wins above average. Wouldn't you, like, put Terry Stotts as your average? Like, I mean, he's just I think he's like to me, the epitome of an average coach. I don't think he's bad, and I don't think he's great. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I think I that's think he, In my coach. head, I would like for him to be a little better than average. Let me see if I can pull up a list of coaches here. And he's, like, really good at, at some things and just really like – If he's the average coach, coaches are better than we think they are. And I don't think they Palmer's are. Like, the really good coaches are just a better than him. But, yeah, there's coaches that are way worse, too. So Right. Like, if you stack everybody up – He's probably like 10 to 15, yeah. but like that's still like you have a good coach. Once you get to like 12, 13, 14, you're at like not bad. And then it just like, oh God, the goddamn roof falls out. Um, he's like one of those coaches I think that you're happy you have and he's there for 10 to 15 years or something. And then you're like, we've never won a title. Let's bring someone else in. And yeah. I mean, he's solid. I, I think average is a great, he's probably a little better than average, but well, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Again, I just – there's a lot of variability to this team. Like, for me, this would be a fun team to coach because, again, you can go big, you can go small. Like, if you wanted to go really big, you could play Nurkic, Collins, and Covington together and just, like, there's just no space at all anywhere on the floor on the other end. I mean, just kind of a mess. So, a lot of variability there, again, from the win total perspective. Um, now, Tony, you lean under. Spread leans over. Are you the guys making a finish plan? Like five, I, I agree with spread, though. Like, I think they'll be, they're a 500 team to me, so 55% is kind of in that ballpark where if I had to bet, I'd be under, but I don't, like, love the under. Yeah, and I yeah. don't love the over here. Like, I'm not going to put one cent on it. I've, I've overrated Portland for the last two years. They can go ahead and prove it to me now because, um, you know, I haven't been able to do it. Huh. They're going to be great situationally, though. Uh, that's a weird road trip to go up to Portland. A lot of times it's a huge travel spot. A lot of times people come from Utah or Denver. That's a huge trip for overnight. Sometimes they come from Minnesota. Situationally, they're going to be great to bet. Uh, but as a season long, I think that these bookmakers really nailed the number here. All right. I think that's just about all we've got for the Portland Trailblazers. So we'll wrap up with the final team. The one spread is the best at handicapping every year, <laughs> the Utah Jazz, um, a team that I think like, did nothing. I went back and checked this a couple times. It's pretty much the exact same roster they had last year. They draft um, Azabuki, Moutier, and Bradley are gone. But, you know, you're looking at the same starting five you had last year. Conley, Mitchell, Bogdanovich, Royce O'Neal, and Rudy Gobert. Joe Ingles sometimes starting coming off the bench. You've got Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench. Derek Favors. Um, you know, I, I'll start with, with, with you, Tony. Do you see any reason why the Jazz would do nothing during this offseason? I mean, why on earth would you just run this back? Yeah, I, I never understand spots like this where you don't even try to do anything because you're drawing dead to win it. I mean, I guess they're just fine being just a good, solid team that whatever is in contention for the playoffs. Maybe they win around if they play really good. I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't try to change anything up. I mean, maybe they think Donovan Mitchell is going to take even another step up the totem pole to – to, to start them. I don't know. I mean, this is the perfect example of another mediocre team. What is their, what's their uh, percentage? 
But real quick, what do you think of Donovan Mitchell's um, ceilings? Brett and I were actually talking about this just before you hopped on. I think he's a nice player, but I don't see him as the best player on a championship team. I wonder if he's even the second best player on a championship team. I, I mean, what do you think about him and his ceiling? I mean, have we seen the best of Donovan Mitchell? Or, I mean, is there anything that he can do to make it better? Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't think he's ever going to be the best player on a championship team without a doubt. I mean, he can maybe be the second best, but the problem with him is the same as a lot of these guys that I don't like. They just need the ball. Like, he needs to be the best player, and I just don't think he is that. Over the course of a seven-game series when teams are locking you down, scouting, I just don't see it. So, I agree. I mean, he's solid. He's he's, he's elite. I mean, he's what? Without doing the list, he's definitely a top 20 type guy. But I agree. He's not a top guy on a championship team. I don't see it. I mean, I don't see how he can really get that much better either because he's good already. Like, what can he improve to be better? Right. He's already, like, there. Like, he's already seen his peak. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I, uh, maybe the shooting gets a little better. Maybe it continues to get a little better on the defensive end, you know, work on his body and stuff. But you know, we're talking about really minimal changes. Again, spread, you know, this is your favorite team to predict. I mean, what are the Jazz going to do this year? So, yeah, okay, I'm not even going to bother trying to predict because I always just get it wrong. I, I guess it's a pretty good team. I guess when I see Royce O'Neal, he doesn't seem like he should be a starter in the NBA. But the bench isn't that bad with uh, Clarkson, Ingles, and Favors. I mean, that's a nice eight-man squad for the playoffs. Uh, so I think the wild card here is I'd love to hear your opinion on this is Gobert's contract's up at the end of the year. We've, you know, we pretty much all agree that, you know, Mitchell's better than Gobert, but he can't be the best player on a championship team. So now you max Gobert. You've already got like a ton of money tied up. In they Conley. max Gobert? No, nah, hypothetically. Oh, hopefully, I'm saying hope if you were to God, do no. it next year, right? I mean, you're just, you're pretty much done. You're pretty much saying, okay, this and that. If you so, ever max Gobert, you're giving up anyways. Like you're just, yeah. you're just okay with being mediocre forever once you max him. So, do you think they get rid of him midseason because they know that they're probably not going to be the able problem to is they're the going to want him. The, I mean, I was talking about that too. Who does he really help? Like they couldn't even Boston. give Drummond away last year. They had to literally like send gifts with him just to get rid of Drummond. And yeah. I mean, Gobert. Like you name one team that would be happy to get Gobert. Maybe like the Lakers or something. Boston's the only one I can think of. Just yeah, of and like they wouldn't even be like happy. I don't. I don't know. Like he's just a guy that. He should have played 20 years ago when the, yeah. we weren't in the three-point era, and he would have been awesome. But he just doesn't fit. Like, he has no offensive game whatsoever. And he doesn't fit with Mitchell that well either because I think Mitchell's better with a five-out where yeah. he can get to the rim and not have a guy roll there. I would rather. Yeah, I don't know why that pick-and-roll doesn't work with them. It just it, – they don't seem to mesh. It, and maybe it's Mitchell's passing yeah. isn't where it needs to be. I know Gobert, again, is not – I think know, it's just no – have the best hands in the world either. Because you play it as a roll. There's no pop potential. The best pick and rolls have the pick and yeah. pop potential too. With no pop potential as Gobert, if I'm the guy who switched to Gobert, I'm just dropping right to the rim, right? And if I have enough size or the rest of the team can rotate, it just doesn't seem like it's a good fit at all. But they still win games. I mean, I'm so down on this roster, and then every year they're over 50%. They got to go the Like, they almost knocked the Nuggets out. Remember how much money we had on the Nuggets last year? It's you know, it's the defense. I mean, at the end of the night, this team is tough to score on. It's yeah. going to be one of the only home court advantages this year, um, Utah and Denver with the elevation. I mean, until fans come back, that's pretty much the home court advantage teams. Um, and Quinn Snyder's a good coach. I mean, he knows how to balance these guys. He knows how to play them. Uh, they have a decent system. It's... But, yeah, it's yeah, like too. Groundhog Day. They're going to be the four or five seed again and lose in the first round in a tough series, and that'll be that. They'll lose in seven. 
right? It's going to be the best series in the first round. Like, they have eight guys that are good, though. Like, good, solid players with a good, solid coach. They're just the perfect example of a a team that's going to finish above 500, is going to finish in the sixth seed or something. And then, like you said, maybe they win the first round. Maybe they lose. It goes seven games, just like last year. It's just the same type thing. Uh, man, I would like them a lot more without Gobert. The more I think about it, though, like I just That's what I think Gobert. It was, and they picked up favors, so they got one right now. They drafted, yeah, I can't pronounce his name from Kansas. That's pretty much That's a young Gobert clone on a rookie contract. Yeah, I, I just think that they're like you said with Drummond. Like, what's the market for <laughs> Gobert? Like, wh- who's who's picking him up? I really don't think there's a team outside of like some bad team, like the Knicks or something, just trying to get a guy yeah. in there, or right? Something. You always call Sacramento. The Vec loves it. A team like Sacramento would yeah. go get him, though. Some bad team. Like, oh, go be really I'm mean to spend today. <laughs> no, I mean, the Kings deserve it. All right, looking at the win total market, Utah last year, 61% win percentage, up to 64 if you back out the bubble. The Pythag, though, a little lower at 58. The market's got a little better than that Pythag number. I'm seeing 59.5% is the win percentage or the total of 42.5, maybe a 43 somewhere. Um, again, seems kind of like right on the nose for me. I mean, if I look at the rankings there, that puts Utah as the fourth best team in the West. Maybe that's a spot high. I mean, it's as you start to look at the regular season, it feels to me like they're going to be four, five, six, somewhere in that range. So, I mean, do either you guys have a strong feeling up or over, over, um, un, I'm sorry, over or under on that total? I like over for once just because I hate the other three teams. Like, I think OKC is going to lose a ton. I think Minnesota is going to lose a ton, and I'm under on Portland. So, you guys said the schedules. I mean, I haven't even dove into the schedule like you guys have. But if it's heavier towards just this division, I think that helps Utah a ton getting to play these three teams. Yeah, I mean, I think the hard part about taking an under here is the floor is so high. Like, as much as we just run them down, we're running them down as, like, a championship contender. Night in and night out, they're going to give great effort. They have the ability to overcome a bad night from anyone but Mitchell, right? I mean, the great bench, so they're they're not going to lose a lot when they go. I mean, we talked earlier, you know, some of these teams, like, when they play Minnesota and Minnesota goes to the bench, I mean, they're going to go on a 10-12-0 run. I mean, it's just going to be like a field day. They're going to have like Clarkson, Ingles, Favors out there, right, against those scrubs that Minnesota's throwing out there. I mean, it's just going to be huge. So uh, the floor is so high, I don't I don't want to bet an under. Um, the, I mean, even like, like, Niang, like Niang was good in the bubble. He's their ninth man. Like, he was solid. They can overcome yeah. injuries, too, which other teams can't. Like, they got legitimately eight guys that could start. Like, they got – their depth is good. Yeah. Yeah. I would say my, my uh, plea to this team would be like, get Joe Ingles into a big market because I love him as a player. And I just feel like he's yeah. how cool he is and how much fun he is as a player is getting lost in Utah. Like get him to a big market, get him to New York, package him with Gobert. Like, let's go. The only other market that I had here was um, I placed a bet on Clarkson to win six man of the year. It was love eight it. to one at the time. It looks like that numbers come down a little bit. I still like it at like six or yeah. seven to one. Just fits that absolute perfect six-man guy. He seems like almost the, the the clear pick for the next in the evolution. We went from Jamal Crawford to Lou Williams, and now it will be Jordan Clarkson for the next five years, bouncing from team to team, scoring 16 to 20 points a night off the bench with just no defense and a lot of like unbelievable highlight plays. Uh, what do you think of that, Tony? You think he's going to be able to put up the stats needed to win that award? I like that call a ton. It falls right in that mold of those guys. 
I mean, the true scorers off the bench that can score in, in buckets and, and yeah, perfect, perfect call. I like the price. I like the call. Perfect roster for it, too, where he's going to come off the bench with guys like Favors and, and Ingles, so he's got an opportunity to create, and I love that call. Yeah. What do you think, Spread? Yeah, during the bubble, I think Mangone hit it like 9 out of 10 games. He just put Clarkson on the sheet every day, right, yeah. Clarkson overs, and it just kept hitting, and it was clearing by like – six or seven points like we were getting in the third quarter like his usage was ridiculous um with Bojan out um still regardless he's going to get a majority of the usage they know how to stagger him right uh we didn't mention it yet but I think Quinn Snyder is a good coach and I think that helps the team a lot too so I think he uses his pieces uh, that he has really well and kind of maximizes these guys so uh, yeah I love that bet all right gentlemen anything else here on the Utah Jazz or any other of these teams before we do a quick recap of our picks and say thank you to everybody yeah, no, I think we're pretty good. All right, as we go through, we love the Nuggets. Take the over, take them to win the division, get some Jokic MVP. If you're feeling fancy, you're feeling great, go ahead, a little money on them to win the championship or something at like 20 to 25 to 1. We like the value there. Oklahoma City unders, not only for the regular season win total, but every night they play. Minnesota, um, we're not sure why everyone's so happy with Minnesota. We think that they might not be good, but we're going to maybe stay away from that one a little bit. Lean under there. Portland, um, some optimism for me there. No real play there on the win total. I think the markets are pretty shot there. Maybe a little Lillard MVP if you can find a rogue 20 or better left. And then finally, the Jazz of Utah. We think the market's got them pretty much set, but take a look and see if you can find some Jordan Clarkson to win sixth man of the year. I think that covers just about everything. I want to say a big thank you to Tony for joining us. We appreciate your time. Again, you can find all of his stuff at Run Pure Sports. And let me pull up here your Twitter handle, unless you remember it off the top. It's just Big T44 DFS. Beautiful. You can find him there. All of his great stuff. Again, he's on Run Pure Sports, so I'm sure you've seen him if you've seen Spread before. Thanks again, man. We really appreciate it. I'm sure we'll have her back on for some DFS talk during the middle of the season. Thank you again for everybody who listened or watched. We'd love a rating or review on whatever app you're using. And uh, we'll be back on, I think, uh, what is it, Monday. Monday. We've got a yeah. final division preview with a very special guest, um, you know, That's somebody from the deep, if you will. The wave is yeah. is coming into network. <laughs> so if you know what I'm talking about, you should be just as excited as we are. Thanks, everybody. Until then. Good luck in all your